What is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Joel and I aren't good people. We're doing this for us, because apparently you're worth something. There's a Firefly base camp somewhere else. With Dr. Vision. They're working on a cure. I've heard this before. And whatever happened to me is it's the, the key, key to, to finding the vaccine. That's what this is. You're... You are... Yeah. I'm Batman. Folks, welcome back to Movie Punditry. Special edition as we take you through the MCU with our Movie Punditry order when me and Mr. Mike count down the essential movies of each phase and then, you know, try to get you through it in a speedier way. Mr. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm all right, man. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Looking yes, Looking forward to some stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, then, uh, the thing that a lot of people are looking forward to, uh, at least in my opinion, didn't pan out the way I thought it was gonna, but that's for a later time. Um, yeah, I'll get it out the way. I wasn't a fan of Ant-Man at all. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. So. And I'm not gonna say, I'm just gonna say I wasn't a fan. And, uh, they did a thing that I wanted them to do, they just didn't do it well, and as I... I have a picture of the, the thumbnail. I'm on Disney Plus as we talk, and Thor the Dark World is staring me right in my face, and pretty much feel the same as I do about that movie for this one. Yeah, with that said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into our punditry order for phase two, and then one of the things we try to do on this one is Tell the stories of Phase 2 without Age of Ultron. And it's funny because I'm looking at it and you got what? One, two, three, four, five. Phase 2 is only six films and it didn't feel like that. It felt like a longer time, like a longer period of time. Yeah. And I think because... Like, there is a clear delineation between phase one and two, but I think because the Thor The Dark World was so bad and Iron Man 3 was really ho-hummed at the time, it wasn't what people were expecting. It doesn't feel like that thing really kicks off to Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Right. And then... Which is weird, because for all the crap people give Phase 4, I mean, it's it's the Winter Soldier, Guardians, and Ant-Man that keep that thing together. That's true. But, um, alright. What is essential for you in this phase? Well, I mean, I think for me, the, the obvious most essential one is going to be Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, it's, I would say it's the best one in the, it's definitely the best one in Phase 2. It's, 
potentially the best one in the whole series. Um, certainly one of one of my favorites. It's you know the first one that the Russo brothers directed. It really, I think, set off Cap as um, you know this kind of outside the outside the the lines actor and thinker, and you know that he's not going to be tied down to rules. He's not going to be tied down to what Shield or the government or anybody thinks is the right thing to do. Um, you know, he's going to kind of follow his own compass and that moral certitude that he has is just going to kind of lead him through, I think, the rest of the saga. This is the movie for me where you finally look at this thing and I'm like, oh, there is somebody that can give Iron Man a run for his money. And when I say this, like, in film quality... Um, just that this film took Captain America to that next level in that superhero stratosphere. Like that's this film made me look at him like in those like ranks of like, okay, this is like getting to be like a Batman level character here. This is somebody that people care about. Um, I've always liked him, but one thing I really appreciate what the MCU does is it gives. You know, you finally have some, you can finally put like that page to screen where like we've always had a theatrical, for as long as I've damn near been alive, there's always been a theatrical or on screen version of Batman, you know, and Superman. And you didn't have that for Captain America. Hell, the guy didn't even have his own cartoon, at least in my lifetime. And Chris Evans comes in, and I liked the first Avenger. But this was Wait, different. didn't he though? I thought he did. I mean, I remember a song. A song? Yeah. Oh, he had that really was corny... Captain America throws his mighty shield. Remember oh, that? I think that was before my time. Oh, but I know what you're thanks, talking about. He had that ugly thanks, helmet. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> he had that really ugly motorcycle helmet, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, that's that pulled him down to like D list level, baby. But this, and I liked First Avenger. Somebody that liked First Avenger. This took him away from being not quite Superman. He he wasn't quite Superman Boy Scout in First Avenger, but he was treading in that territory. You know, he disobeyed the uh, Tommy Lee Jones orders, but he came off like a Boy Scout. And this was like, nah, I'm gonna get ish done and. However, I got to get it done. And Cap was cool. And for a character that, you know, I think a lot of people get a misconstrued. They think he's a, like a propagandist and what the army wanted him to be. That's not who his character is. It's not who his character's ever been. And it was good to see that, you know, on film. And the story, and even the, the, the and then you're, you could correct me on this. I guess the the colors, the tone, the cinematography, it, it sets the stage for the rest of this thing. You know, using those um that white lettering whenever they switch locations that right. now you see across almost the entire MCU. Yeah. Um another thing that wasn't very 
good prior to this, the fight scenes. This makes everybody else in the MCU step up their game when it comes to fight scenes. Because they weren't horrible, but they weren't this. They weren't Bane and no. in the Dark Knight bad, but... No, and you had, I mean, that that highway bridge fight in the middle of the movie is... Yes. I mean, like, you still see... Because I watch a lot of, like, YouTube videos of, like, stuntmen and stuff like that. Like, these guys all still refer back to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing is just... It's iconic, you know? In that it was done almost entirely practically. That it's so well edited. It's so well done. Um, and it also has all these emotional beats in it yes. that, you know, a lot of, a lot of these fight scenes wouldn't have, you know, I mean, you know, you look at like Iron Man and, and, you know, Tony fighting, you know, Stain. it just, it, I mean, it should have that emotional depth to it, but it doesn't, it doesn't. you know, and you look at like, you know, Tony fighting Rhodey and Iron Man too, it should have that emotional depth to it, but it doesn't. Yeah, nope. And, you know, this... You know, one, you have that, you know, all these, this, you know, Cap discovering that it's Bucky and Bucky almost recognizing Cap. And and then, you know, that just carries you through to, you know, the fight at the end. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, this, it's it's, it's probably still in my top three MCU films. I uh, well, that, that's a whole separate conversation, but yeah, I think it's definitely still top three, and it's, I don't know if it's three, it's probably one or two. So we, we, we both agree on the Winter Soldier. Here's where thing gets tricky, because like, you know, this phase felt longer than it is. I gotta put Guardians at number two, because... This is where we get all the cosmic stuff. This is where we go out of space. And this is where they like, you know, they kind of let their comedic chops fly a bit more in this thing. Which, you know, as if you've been listening long enough, it's something I've had. I've always said, like, there's probably been too much comedy in the MCU. This felt it was appropriate here. Um, I didn't expect this. I mean, they, from the get go, you see these commercials. You're not expecting this thing to be serious. You're not expecting me when a soldier. Um, and it was different. What did you think about it? About about Guardians? Yeah, it was it was great. And and I think the thing, you know, I like I remember when this ad campaign came out, and you know, like literally, like that clip in the trailer of you know Peter going, you know, Star Lord man, and you know David Hanshu going, who? Mm-hmm. Like that was literally all of us. Yeah. You know, unless you were like a real deep kind of comics nerd, like you had no idea who these guys were. And, you know, the casual fans going to going to go see a movie, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, Winter Soldier or Dark World and seeing a, seeing this trailer or like, who are these guys? Like, what, what even is this? And then and then you see like that first trailer where it was like, you know, Oh, these guys are a holes, or you yeah. know, whatever. It's like, okay, what is this going to be, you know? And uh, and and then it was just—I mean, that movie's just a joy all the way through. And it had a lot of heart. <laughs> Absolutely, it did. 
Now, here's where things get tricky. We're not using Ultron. I think... I don't know, man. I almost think you have to. There's so much in it. And I'm still of the belief that a lot of stuff got retconned to make that thing fit. Because we talked about this at the time. When that right. thing came out, you left the theater, I left the theater, and we were like, what was that? What was that? Yeah. Like, that that movie is all set up. That's really all it is. It just felt so incomplete. Like, And everybody was bewildered at that Thor scene. Yeah, right, which was... Yeah, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, the way that movie was put together and, you know, the fact that, like, Feige and the guys at Marvel, like, they didn't want, like, the farmhouse scene and they didn't want a bunch of stuff and, you know, Joss Whedon pushed them for it and this was kind of, they wanted the, you know, the Thor and the hot tub scene or whatever, you know, Thor in the cave scene. And so, which was supposed to be longer. Um, and, you know, so it just, yeah, I mean, I get you. It just got, it got all jumbled and it's a bit of a mess. But let me just, you know, throw a little defense out there for it. And that, you know, it's the film that gave us Wanda Maximoff. It's the film that gave us Ulysses Claw. It's the film that gave us, you know, this idea of, you know, this artificial intelligence that was a combination. It's the film that gave us vision, you know? I mean, I don't know how you can just just dismiss it. Uh, watch the trailer? Yeah, I guess. Watch a supercut, maybe? I don't know. I mean, for the sake of this... We, I'm gonna dismiss it, and I'm find something else to fill the gap. You, oof. I keep scrolling back and forth through the rest of this thing. You could still watch Thor: The Dark Road and 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 learn some something about Infinity Stones and Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, and I get that, and you know the other thing to the other thing to kind of remember is that, um, I mean, you know, Endgame basically goes back into Thor: Dark World. Yeah, and it does. You know, it's kind of hard to, you know, I mean, I guess people would be kind of wondering what's going on with that whole thing with Thor and his mom and, and all that stuff without that. So, you know, that's kind of difficult. Um, but there's, uh, other than that, I mean, there's really not a lot in that movie that Could really you? push, that really takes you anywhere. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, I mean, there's, there's probably more of it that, informs like the Loki TV show then informs anything else in the MCU. You can get rid of Ant-Man because you can almost entirely get, you can bring Ant-Man in in Civil War and you're fine. I was about to say, because the minute, uh, 
our, my boy, uh, Anthony Maggie, says, I know a guy. It's pretty much all you need. Exactly. I mean, I guess you keep Ultron. I don't want to. I still don't like the movie. I'm definitely keeping Iron Man 3. Because the first... I'm okay with that. A, it's a good I mean, movie. It's a good movie. And Spider-Man works because of Iron Man 3. And Spider-Man works because of Iron Man 3, right? The whole, if you're if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it. Yeah. Like, that doesn't mean much of anything. No. Unless you've watched Iron Man 3. Hell, most of Peter's story in MC doesn't mean anything without Iron Man 3. Right. I mean, you could you could kind of do this thing in just Guardians, Winter Soldier, and Iron Man three, and yeah. I mean, but I, I I mean I really do think that you know that you're you're losing you know in retrospect and at you know at the end of. 2015, I would have agreed 100% with you that we just never watched Ultron again. But as you went through into Phase 3, you know, it becomes more important. And I don't, I don't think a lot of Infinity War makes sense without it. Especially. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, it's all that it's all that Wanda and Vision stuff all comes out of that movie. I just don't want someone to have to watch it and not understand for like how long did that that movie doesn't make sense until Infinity War? No, it doesn't. I mean, you know, it gives you. I mean, yeah, it gives you Claw and Claws in a big part of Black Panther, but. You know he can almost stand. He, he, he can almost stand on his own in Black Panther. Um, you know, and this kind of brings you back to their thing with how they make villains so dismissive. He's in Black Panther for what, fifteen minutes? Not even. Yeah. yeah. You would, and I wish they would stop doing that, but they keep doing it. They just keep doing it. They just keep dismissing these major villains. Yeah, yeah. These guys who have, you know, this big, you know, a lot of big stuff to do. And I and I've told you, and we've had this conversation. I think they really did Zemo dirty in. Oh, of course. In in uh, Civil War. I mean, we'll get to that when we get to it. But you know, you know, I mean, and they redeemed him maybe a little bit in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but you know. I really walked out of that movie going, oh, man, they really, they really did this guy dirty. <laughs> Wait till you see Ant-Man. Oh, great. Awesome. Oh, it, the hits keep on coming. I, it's funny because now I'm looking at phase three and I don't know if this counts as cheating. To see, like, okay, well, if I get rid, now it's like now it's turning into a puzzle. Well, if I get rid of this here, how can I fix this? You know, next week, right? If I get rid, if we get rid of Ultron, uh, I'm trying to think—is there enough in? 
anything else. I mean, the thing is, if you get rid of Ultron, you know, like I said, you you lose all of this, you know, Wanda and Vision stuff. You lose you lose all of the Wanda and her brother stuff. You know, you lose the Hulk flying away too. You lose the Hulk flying away stuff. And and Damn. you lose all of that. You don't get all of that. The sun's going down, and that make that's meaningless in Ragnarok. You get and and you lose. You know that that what if episode, the Ultron episode, because that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's just yeah. it, it's and and I I understand it. It's like standing by itself at the point where it came out. That movie was meaningless, but it was setting up so much stuff. That I, I just don't see how we can reasonably take it out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with you. Like, I'm looking at phase three because there's even that, it, it kind of it pushes that rivalry. Not want to say a rivalry, but the division between Cap and Tony, that movie pushes that further along. Like, yeah. Gotta be kept. So I guess the movie punditry order for phase two is Winter Soldier, Ultron, Guardians, and Iron Man 3, which is the only thing what we've kept out Thor, cut Ant Man. You don't need the one shot. I mean, um which one shot is in there? Hail of the King? There's yep, Kale the King and then the Agent Carter one shot. Right. Well, and then there's also um there's also any, item forty seven. Any uh, shield episodes that need to be watched? Um You're gonna yeah, you're probably gonna wanna like kind of season two ish. Um I just think, you know, so there's this this whole there's this whole thing in season two of Shield where there's basically two shields. Um, you know, this is after, you know, the the kind of split up the breakup of Shield and Winter Soldier, um, and then there's like kind of like the like the government version of Shield, and there's a version of Shield that Coulson is running. Yeah, and you know one of the things that they're trying to do is to, um, is to pit like accuse Coulson of stealing re basically stealing money and stealing resources, and now setting up. Him and, but he was, but yeah, but he was right. He was building the helicarrier, and they don't like at that point, and where the movie up until where the movie comes out, like they don't, they don't say anything about it, and they just say, you know, that he's been funneling, you know, uh, funds into, uh, you know, a project for an old friend, you know, into a secret project, you know, and they don't really clear what it is, and then Ultron comes out, and, you know, Fury shows up in the helicarry, he's like, was brought out of mothballs by an old friend, and then, you know, the the episodes after the movie came out um, refer back to um, 
you know, back to Coulson, you know, getting the Kelly carrier put together for Fury for the Battle of Sokovia. So, you know, there's a couple of episodes, I'd say probably like three or four episodes in its season two that you'd probably benefit from watching around Ultron. Okay. Well, that, that wraps up uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. involvement. I think I got as far as season one in that show, tried to jump back in at like four, and it just didn't work. Yeah, it got, it got, it got really weird. Um, I'd say probably like, like three seasons are pretty good. And then season four starts to get a little whack. And then like the last couple of seasons are just really bizarre. That got loosely connected to MCU. So they just got to do what they wanted, I guess. Yeah. Well, the like the further, the kind of further it went, the less it was connected. I mean, you had early, like the first couple of seasons, like you had this whole thing with the Helicarrier and thing. You had like right after Thor, uh, they were Dark cleaning World up, came right? Out, you had them doing the cleanup. You know, you had a whole episode with Sif, which was actually pretty good. Um, but then, yeah, it just kind of went off on its. You know, there's a whole that whole Disney Marvel TV Marvel movie split, and then they just kind of went off on their own. As um and I am paying attention to you, but at the same time I'm watching the final episode of Loki and uh Jonathan Majors can act. He can, but I still I mean I haven't rewatched it, but I still don't like that last episode. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. I loved it then. After watching Ant Man, I love it even more now. Somebody um had tweeted out, uh, do you remember that Shaft movie Samuel Jackson did? Yeah. Do you remember uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright's character Peoples? Vaguely. Um, it's basically said J- Jonathan Majors deserves the uh, Jeffrey Wright Award for <laughs> for bringing in a performance for a movie that did not call for an Oscar-worthy performance. And I, I think I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, you know, my my problem with him in in Loki was that it was just like a twenty five minute exposition dump to set up stuff that's coming up, and it's like you're gonna sideline your two main characters to have this guy just stand on screen and talk for twenty minutes. Yeah, let's just say uh, that episode is gonna be looked at the way you look at Ultron. <laughs> I guess. Um, and, and you're probably right. I mean, it, it was clearly only existed to set up stuff that was coming up in the future. Yeah. So, on to the other well, guys. Oh, well, a couple sorry. things before that. I mean, one, there was some news that came out. I think it was, was it Feige who basically said that, like, he was talking about the Marvels. And he was basically said that Kamala steals the whole movie. And I'm like, isn't this... Carol Danvers movie? <laughs> uh, once they made it, made it all three of them, I knew it wasn't her movie anymore. Um, And she's really good in Miss Marvel. That's one thing I'll give her. She's really yeah, good. Yeah, she is, yeah. 
Um, and I think there's some rumors flowing around that she might be up for a role in in a, in a Batman movie. Really? Yeah, I've seen some things floating around. So that be who's those what's going on over there? Well, and that's what leads us into that amazing. And look, and you can well, make it. One, tra- one more thing before we go over there is I was doing some looking up here, and apparently the what I was remembering with the Captain America song was a show called Marvel Superheroes. It was an animated show from 1966. Same year as the Batman show. And um, it was like a massive, it was like really, really big. And uh, it was a half hour program, ran for a couple of years, I guess. I mean, and look at these characters, I mean, listen to these characters that were in it that I don't even remember. Um, Quicksilver, Loki, Odin, Black Knight, Mad Thinker. Um, Ringmaster, uh, Thor, Hulk, obviously, uh, Betty Ross, Jane Force, Foster, Scarlet Wish, Wasp, Sharon Carter, Peggy Carter, Lorelei, Thunderbolt Ross, Zeus, the Mandarin, Tony Stark, Namor, um, Hawkeye, Craven, um, Professor X. Bucky Barnes, Steve Rogers, Hercules, Giant Man, Jarvis, Cobra, Zarko, Peg Dixon, Radioactive Man, I mean, Happy Hogan, Iceman, Black Widow, Pepper Potts, Enchantress. This is crazy. Red Skull, this is crazy, man. Kang, Wasp, Cyclops. in uh, Secret Wars. Yeah, seriously. Like, like I vaguely remember that show, um, but I don't remember it being that big of a deal. <laughs> All, right, All right, now for the, part two. <laughs> the other guys who uh, might be finally turning it around. Could be. There's always hope. Look, anybody can make a trailer look, look great and, and fool us, but if this Flash movie is half as good as that trailer... You have to rethink this reboot thing. Yeah. Because that was probably the best trailer they've ever put out. That was, that was, that was, I think, the best DC trailer I've seen. That trailer was really, really good. And obviously we're talking about The Flash, the Super Bowl trailer from The Flash. And now I'm kind of upset that, because do you remember the reports leading up that they cut out, you know, a good portion of Affleck's scenes and right keaton scenes right and if you were gonna reboot this thing from the jump why just leave it you're gonna reboot it anyways just put the thing on as it was because obviously you guys cared so much about ezra miller and his crime spree that you were still gonna push this out and you dumped batgirl i mean i guess you knew it was good i don't know this is where they they still have some issues over there but that thing looked phenomenal. Yeah, but obviously, obviously, they knew they had a good movie on their hands, you know, or at least the bones of a good movie on their hands. Yeah, and you know, so they were willing to do what they needed to do to rehabilitate it, to rehabilitate Miller, 
you know, uh, to rehabilitate the movie and not just push it to the side, not just dump it on streaming, not just put it in a can and write it off like they did with Batgirl. Um, you know, they, they wanted to come out with this thing and push it out. And they obviously knew they had something special on their hands. Question. If this thing comes out and it is a clear financial success and critically acclaimed film, do you course, do you alter your, is James Gunn going to be said, someone going to step in and say, maybe you course correct here, you we keep a couple of these Snyder folks. It's possible. Because, and then we've said this, we've never had an issue with the actors that they picked. It was the stories they were given. And the editing of these films. And we've said this numerous times. You've said it plenty of times. Batman versus Superman isn't a bad movie, especially once you, once you watch the Ultimate Edition. And you like the James Gunn version more. There was just something was off. The you know, I'm not the biggest Aquaman fan, but that movie wasn't bad. No, no, that movie wasn't wasn't terrible. Apparently, the new, the new one's screen, the new one's testing really badly. Do you think they can that? I don't think they can it. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's one thing to, you know, you could put Leslie, Leslie Grace on a shelf. You're not going to put Jason Momoa on a shelf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's hot right now. Yeah. So, is. I mean, the movie could suck and it's still going to make a half a billion dollars. And so they're not, you know, they're not, they're not going to bury this thing. Um, they may try to tweak it. They may try to, you know, do some reshoots, re-edit it, you know, change up whatever is testing badly in it. Um, but I think it's just, I think it's just whatever the story is, you know, it's, it's kind of like whatever that story turned out to be. It's like, guess what? Marvel just did it better again. Man, I hope that's not the case. You know, and I I don't know. You know, I think it's just kind of maybe just the whole vibe, the whole aesthetic. I I personally like the Snyder aesthetic. Me too. I know it's not for everybody. I love it. I love it. I love the way that the tone, color, whatever the, the terminology is, I like it a lot. From Man of Steel through them all. I like the way those movies are shot. I'm not sure what the complaint is. Maybe people don't like it too muted, I guess. I don't know. He's got, I mean, he's got a definite style like a lot of directors do. And, you know, and and it's not for everybody. I mean, you could look at, you know, like a Michael Bay movie and you know right away it's a Michael Bay movie or, you know, and, and it's okay for some people and it's not okay for some people. I personally, I enjoyed you know Jack's uh, uh, Jack Snyder's way of making movies, mm-hmm. um, and but not everybody does. And then you know they kind of dump on that. I just 
I feel like Ben Affleck never got the chance to really bring that Batman to life. Like he didn't, and I, I, I still maintain, you know, in, 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 you know, contract, contra- contradicting my initial point when he was cast. Oh, I still, I, I still think he would have made a fantastic Bruce Wayne and and made a standalone movie. I remember I was at work. I was still working second shift when that came out. And we were talking to each other like, what in the hell is going on? And we were wrong. We were, but you know what? People were wrong about Michael Keaton. You know? Mm -hmm. People were wrong. We were all right about George Clooney. But people were wrong (laughs) about... People were wrong about... People were wrong about, you know, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. You know? I mean, people... You know these guys will find their way to to make that character work, and and I like I like you know this Bruce Wayne. Me too. This you know kind of worn out, kind of over it. Yep. Kind and, of you know I'm just going to be the guy in the chair who you know I he'd rather just be sitting in the back cave or flying around on his jet and just kind of you know helping people out than actually putting on the suit and going out and getting his butt kicked, you know, cause he's 50 years old, you know I mean? And I, I kind of dig that guy. The thing I didn't like was the turn in justice league. I like that grumpy disillusion. Like the guy you said over it in yeah. Batman versus Superman, Brandon people with a bat. Well, was that actually here? Or was that Lex, Lex Luthor doing that to the people in the prison? I don't know, but I like that. That and then, you know, we get to Batman vs. I mean, Justice League, and he's telling jokes. Can you talk to fish and all that hot stuff? Right. Yeah. I mean, but that's. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the same thing, though. It's kind of that, you know. Uh, but but I see what you mean. Like he made this turn at the end, where all of a sudden he's all Mister, you know, yeah, roses, and roses and cherry ice cream, and and you know, big table with six chairs and, and room know, for more. Yeah. But up but, but I mean, I think you know, after like that, you know, that conversation, like, and I really like like that conversation he had with Diana, where he's like, you know. Take it off his thing, and he's got bruises all over, and his yeah. shoulders dislocated. But he's got to have a drink, <laughs> you know. What I mean, like I really like that guy. Me too. You know? He, oh man, I, and I wish he'd have got to direct the film that he wrote. Yeah, yeah. So do I. Um, on to another trailer. Uh, and I, so folks, as I'm watching this trailer for the first time. I'm writing, like, we have a running Facebook Messenger chat, and it generally just comes back to, you know, Star Wars, uh, Marvel stuff, and then life, but mostly those two topics. And I'm writing, and I'm like, hey, I think they finally toned it down just a bit. They didn't get completely back to their roots, but they toned it down for this Fast and Furious. And I think the trailer was like two minutes or something long, and by that minute, 30 seconds, Mark, I text him back. Nope, I was wrong. The car is pulling a heli- two helicopters, and they're shooting a tank. Yeah, it's, said, it's it's 
it's you know, but you know, it's it's so ridiculous. You know, and here's the thing: it's like, you know, Fast Nine. What I, what I appreciated about Fast Nine was it almost started become self referential, mm-hmm. like you know, like Roman like talking about how they can't die. <laughs> you, you know, it's yeah. just like stuff like that, and like you know, or or Dom like something doing something like uh, he can't do that and he does it, and he's like, holy crap, I can't believe I did that. You know, like like it almost became that that kind of self referential humor, uh, you know, that world, and and then they go to space. They literally go to space. Like that's been the running joke for three movies, you know. So it's like. This does seem to be pulled back a little bit from that, but the thing that, that that's got me going on this one is how many freaking people are in this movie? Everybody. I mean, if you gave everybody in this movie two minutes of screen time, this movie's going to be five hours long. I mean, I just, you've got you've got you've got you know the whole crew. Jacob's you got, back. You got John Cena. You got Jason Momoa. You've got Rita Helen Moreno. Barrett, you got Hel- Helen Maria. Rita Moreno, you got Brie Larson coming in out of nowhere. You know, you've got Cardi B's in there somewhere. Jeez. You know, you've got Scott Eastwood is in there. You know, you've got Jason Statham is in there. I mean, you know, rumor has it that Gal Gadot is in this movie. I don't know if there was a flashback. I don't know how, but supposedly, you know, just like everybody was, just like they brought Han back, supposedly they're bringing Giselle back. Um, you know, we still don't know yet if, you know, Kurt Russell's going to be in this thing. Oh, we know Charlene Theron is in this thing. You know, we don't know if Kurt Russell's going to be in this thing. We don't know if, you know, um, Luke Owens is going to be in this thing. I mean, we don't I don't think you get the rock back. You're definitely not getting the rock back. That's, he's like the only guy I, I can pretty much guarantee is not going to be in this movie. You know, but you know, at this point, you might as well bring back, you know, Eva Mendez and Little Bow Wow. What about the rest of the crew that was with him in that, that house? Uh, there's there's one guy they still haven't brought back. The other one dead is dead. Oh, but Paul Walker's in this movie. Oh God. What what who what, what are you talking about? Who have they who have they not brought back? Vince was in Brazil. There was another skinny white guy that was with him in the first film. Oh, the little the little skinny guy who no, like, Jesse ran away got, after he lost the race. Jesse got killed. There was oh, another okay. one. There was another one. I can't remember his name, but I just want them to go back to racing cars and Honda Civics and cars that everybody hey, on the street. Let's race. Yeah. Like, and then isn't Letty supposed to be getting a spinoff too? Is she? I That's hadn't a, heard that. I heard that. And you know this isn't the last one. You because it's gonna make a billion dollars. Well, we know it's not the last one because this is a two parter. Are you get you serious? Yeah. No so way. So the tag the tagline is the beginning of the end. Oh, great, great. You know, I used to always wonder, like, how did they get to like a Rocky Five? And now I see. Yeah, because yeah. these guys don't want to. Well, one, they don't want to stop printing money, but you know, they and and Diesel is. He's not a bad know, actor. But yeah, but like he's got this. So he did this interview where he said he literally said he's like, I understand now why Tolkien stopped writing because crafting or or building these, you know, 
like legends and mythologies is really hard. And I'm like, what? Did you just equate Fast and Furious to the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> he must be doing drugs. <laughs> or, or he should. He thought it was mine. He thinks this is high art. Well, remember he he thought that they were, they should have gotten an Oscar nomination. I think the last one. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's crazy. But it looks like also that they're going back and they're reinserting Jason Momoa into older movies. Like there were scenes from Fast Five that, but with him in it. See, you see, you see what they started with uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. And I, and I don't get, like, I don't get, like, so the whole premise is that he's mad at Dom and these guys because they were, like, they went to Brazil and pulled this job and were indiscriminately killing people. So he's going to get back at them by indiscriminately killing people? Especially if they're trying to play that he's the son of that. Of that guy? Yeah. Your dad was a cartel member. Right. And now you want revenge? I... But they but 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 meanwhile you're like you're like you're destroying an entire city. How many yeah. people are you killing? You know, are you creating another Jason Momoa somewhere that's going to come back and get revenge on him now? I mean, it's like there had to be a better story than that. Probably, yeah. Oh, brother. I mean, I, I watch it when it comes out on TBS or TNT. And I haven't figured out, like, I, I haven't figured out who Brie Larson is. Yeah, I don't know if she's good or bad. I'm guessing she's some kind of, I don't know if she's, like, connected to nobody, if she's, you know, I, I'm guessing she's some kind of law enforcement because she seems to be, like, coming in and, like, giving information to Dom. Um, But who the hell knows? I mean, you know, she could be, oh, that's my... This is my other sister, you know? Oh, right. yeah. So, folks, and with that said, that leads us to a game that me and Mike like to play. What ethnicity slash race is Dominic Toretto? Well, I mean, you know, you you got Rita Moreno, so... Yeah, but we just got her. Then he had the family and cousins in Cuba. His brother Jacob is white as white can get. Right. I always assumed he was Italian, could be Brazilian, me as his yeah. sister. But she, I mean, she... yeah, his, I mean, his sister, you know, and Jordana Brewster, they're, they're, they're Latina, so, I mean, I, I, I want to, I think they're Latina, but, you know, this has been a thing, you know, Vin Diesel, like, literally, his whole career has been built on this. I mean, he did... He did a short film like before he was anybody, um, called Multifacial, where he basically showed like kind of off that like he could basically play anything. He's black. I don't know why he does this. I remember seeing an interview, and some I think it was Jimmy Kimmel asked what he was, and he's like, "My parents' relationship would have been cons-. you know I tried to be like Mr. Thespian. My parents' relationship would have been considered taboo." I'm like, you. I watched the main part. I saw what your hair looks like when you let it grow out. You got yeah. naps like me and my son. Yeah. I I don't get the desire to appear like like no one can pin you down. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, but I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of actors who have played, you know, you know, whether they're like, you know, Spanish actors who played Middle Eastern characters or, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, um, what's, uh, what the heck is his name? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, I think it's um oh it's Cliff Curtis. You know who he is? Mm-hmm. He was in um so he was in he was in Hobbs and Shaw. He played he played Hobbs's older brother, Jonah. Mm-hmm. You know that guy? Um Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He you know played Oh, that dude so, played like a Southeast. He played an Indian well, he, guy, and he is. I mean, he's from New Zealand. He's he's Maori, but okay. you know, so so that was actually him playing his own ethnicity. But I've seen that dude play black people. I've seen that dude play Spanish people. I've seen him play you know Middle Eastern people. Like that dude plays everybody. You know, um, so it's like you know some there's some actors who who definitely do 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 that, but um, but Vin Diesel's like pride of character seems to be that you, you can't you can't pin anything on me like i'm just you know whatever and hey you know it works for him whatever yeah but yeah but i'm, I'm my, thinking i'm thinking toretto is like i think he's a latino i think he's like maybe brazilian my issue with that comes from more of the i'm gonna let myself pass as something that People aren't sure if I am or I'm not because I don't want to. I don't want to reap the repercussions that come with othering myself or, or making myself a minority. And then that's not with the movie. I'm just talking about in life in general. Well, I don't think I don't think anybody thinks he's you know that he's not a minority. I just it's you know it's just what what one is he? you know what kind is he you know what I'm saying like and I get it like maybe he doesn't want to you know. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be pigeonholed as being black or being Latino or being any, you know, being white, whatever. Um, and he's racially ambiguous enough that he, he can kind of pass. Pull, he can pull everything off. You know, he's like you know the Bruno Mars of actors, you know. Um, but even him, Bruno Mars will tell you, "Hey, I'm Puerto Rican," you know. Yeah, but but he will he though. Yes, he, he was he, kind of he was kind of playing like maybe he was a Hawaiian for a while, and then he was kind of playing like you know what I'm saying, and like in, especially if you look at like the music that he's aping and stuff like this, he's kind of floating around all over the. Place. Oh no, I've heard plenty of interviews talk about hey, I'm Puerto Rican, my dad is Puerto Rican, and because there were conversations about whether him doing the '90s boom bap was cultural appropriation, and he was like, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, I grew up around black people, you know. I know the style of music that I'm making, but it's also culturally the neighborhoods I grew up in. So at least this dude has said it. And for me, it's a thing of a lot of minorities can't hide who they are. Right. So, and they have to accept whatever treatment they get from society of it. And this guy is you know, you're playing the game. You know what you're doing. You're not saying things for a reason. Right. Because regardless of how you look, once you put yourself in one of these categories, there's probably going to come with it a certain treatment. 
Like, we see the backlash Idris Elba gets just because his name gets mentioned as a potential, hey, this my guy might be able to play James Bond. Right. And you're going to get a, some people out there, oh, a black guy shouldn't play James Bond, you know? But Idris Elba can't pass and say, well, I'm not black. No. No, of course not. That's always been my issue with that because not everybody can hide it. Like, um, yeah, that no, I understand. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. But uh, by the way, Bruno Mars is only like the slightest bit Puerto Rican. You know that, right? No, I just I just seen him say that his dad's Puerto Rican. He just exactly that. because be, because he was getting accused of you know cultural creation and, yeah. and whatever. But his his mother's Filipino. Mm. And his father is only half Puerto Rican. Okay. So it got convenient. Right. Ah, makes sense. Um, what did you check out that show uh, the the trailer I sent you for that that let me see what the title of it was. Um Hello Tomorrow on Amazon. I don't think so. You would love it. Doesn't sound very. Oh, oh, yeah. No, it's on the one. It's on Amazon. Or it's on Apple TV. It's on Apple TV. Oh, it's on Apple TV. My fault. Yeah, no, I have. I don't have Apple TV, so I haven't seen it yet. I have. Um, you'll you'll have it. You would love it. it yeah. It's take like that nineteen forties fifties era, like those automobiles, that whole era. And then it's like, okay, what if we futurized it but still kept that look? So you've got those old classic cars, but they're like rocket boosters under it. Oh, wow. And, you know, you go into the diner and the waitress is a robot. So basically it's like a traveling salesman and his team, and they are selling people condominiums on the moon. Oh, and wow. then So it's like in the future, but they kept a 1940s aesthetic in their yes. culture? And the trick is that they're scam artists. There are no condos on the moon. And he also, but he has a son and he's in the, one of the towns that his son is at and the mom is dying. And his mother is basically like, look, man, I know you're a scam artist. You still got to be a father to your son. So instead of actually being a dad, he hires him never. And he's, not, I, there's only like episode three, but he hires him and he's like, I'm going to teach you the ropes. I'm going to take you on the road with me. But his past is also starting to catch up to him as well. Um, visually and all like the technology stuff, it's amazing. It, it's like all the, like, the sci-fi stuff we like with, you know, this with a really good story to it. Um, let me see some of the cast because you'll know some of the people better than me, but there are like people that you are really good actors of. Billy Crudup is the main character. Uh-huh. Um, oh, Hank Azaria has a big role on the show. He's really good on the show. Um, say Allison Pill. I'm trying to think. I've seen her before. I just can't think. Allison of Allison Pill was in. Uh, yeah, she was in Newsroom. She was in uh, last season's uh, Picard. Yeah, she's been in a few things. Um, this dude Deshaun Williams. I've seen him before. I can't remember. What he was in though, let me see. Oh, it looks like he's just done like a lot of Hallmark stuff. And Hannah Faye Wood. She oh she did Truth Be Told. 
and Greece yeah, she was on. She was on Nurse Jackie. Okay. She's done some stuff. Um, Hank Azaria, Jackie Weaver. She's been in a bunch of things. Um, Paul Michael Chan's been in a million things. That you would definitely love it. Definitely love it. It's. If you know what it is, it's got a real Jetsons vibe to it. Yeah. And like you know, with, with the way things are now with streaming, whenever I hit a show, I'm expecting all the episodes to be there. And then I finish an episode, and it's like, all right, next one Friday. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why yeah. are we? Why are we doing this? Actually, I'm glad we're doing this. I, yeah, I am too. Is is. Frustrating as it is, it does feel good for the suspense. Oh, that's what it, it was. Definitely for the suspense, but it gives you time to like digest an episode. You know, think about it, talk about it. You know, figure out what what it is, what happened. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like if you were just like gonna slam through a season of like you know a show like Westworld or something like that. Oh yeah, that's not... miss all the nuances of it. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, have are you all caught up with The Last of Us? I am. Yeah. How do you feel about the show up to this point? I love it. Okay, it's great. Good. good. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, and I think like it's like that's another one that when the season's over, I'm gonna have to go back and just rewatch it because there's so much. Like I I've been taking some notes and stuff on it. There's so much. Like little subtleties in the way it's shot, the way it looks, mm-hmm. you know. There's there's all these like kind of parallels and things like that, you know, where, um, you know, like like Henry and Sam are parallels for Joel and Ellie, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, this is this this is all this kind of things like the turnaround that you know Tommy makes and in this last episode. I mean, it's just um, there's just so much to it, and it's it's. You know, the funny part is they is like some of these episodes like basically don't have any infected in them. And that's what I love about and, it. And they're still great. Like episode three didn't really have any infected in it. Episode this last episode didn't have any infected in it, you know? Um, and I think that just makes it kind of more powerful when you do see them like you did in, you know, the episode before in Kin, you know, where you had that like massive eruption of them. Who was the lady that got bit at the end of that episode? I Kathleen? Think, um, yeah. You ever watch Yellow Jackets? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, she's phenomenal. Yeah. She was great in this. Yeah, yeah. I was actually sad she got killed off so early because I, I like... She's a really good actress. Yeah. But she was... You know, that, that character was a creation for the show. Yeah, because I was like, I didn't remember her in the game, but, but it she's worked. She's not in the game. She's not in the game. Um, but she, um, you know, she's such a, like, she's almost like such a heartbreaking character, you know? I mean, just, yeah, you know, just think about like what would have happened if she had not just given into this like quest for revenge, you know what I'm saying? It's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just, it's just really kind of, kind of sad. But I mean, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Like, he's just so good in this, mm-hmm. you know, playing this character. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, we have, like, some idea of, like, some idea of what his backstory is, but not a lot. Like, I like the fact that they did, like, this 20-year jump and, 
And that's exactly how feel, it is in the game. I don't feel the need to have to fill in every little piece of it. You, you get you enough. Know? You get you enough. Could, you could draw whatever conclusions you want to draw. Um, you know, when they're like, oh, you know, Joel's like, oh, we did these, you know, we did these things. Yeah. And, you know, Tommy's like, things? We murdered people, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but there is, there is this whole, there is, there is definitely this backstory, Ellie's backstory that needs to be uncovered. There is an episode. She's got skeletons in her closet and we're going to need to find out what that is. There is an episode coming that's going to explain a lot and I'm very excited to see how they do it. Um, also like there's one thing, there's something they did that wasn't in the game that kind of helped with Joel's backstory. I remember when the truck was pulling out when they were going to do a job on that first episode and it said like veteran of some war and then Tommy had made a remark about right. being in the military and I was like oh that's that's cool that makes a lot of sense for yeah. you know why Joel can handle himself so well right but it also makes sense where he's basically got PTSD yes you know um, I, I and, really, and, fr- and from jump, I think from the beginning he had PTSD. I agree completely. You know, because because if you look at is and here's the thing about Joel is right, it's like he is always being like mothered by the women in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Sarah at the beginning, yep, like basically like telling him what to do, telling mm-hmm. him where he needs to be, giving him like orders. marching orders, right? You know, or it's Tess or it's Ellie. You know, it's like basically like, you know, people are telling him what to do. And he's kind of, you know, almost looking for that. In a way. Yeah. You know, until this final episode where you see like he's he's really starting to break down. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very happy with the, And it's great because I wouldn't call them changes. I'd say additions, the additions that they made to the story that weren't right. In the they're, game. Right. Like they're making different adaptive choices. You know, one, because you, you have to do more. Yes. You know, it's just not a series of, you know, video game cutscenes, you know, and cinematics. It's, you know, you have to, it's a TV series, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just kind of curious as to, like, how far into the game they're going to take it in this series, in this season. Well. Because it's already been renewed for a second season. I and saw, I know there's two games, and I know the second game is very different from the first game. Um, what I read was season two will cover the second game, so I think they really? will wrap this up because huh. for where they're at, they're pretty much pretty much yeah. done. Interesting. I'd, I'd say they're pretty much done. Interesting. Well, we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that offline a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Trying to think. What else? What have you been watching? Um. I've been watching, well, I, you know, I, what's today? So I watched, you know, the first episode of Picard last week for the third season, which is light years above anything else that I've seen in Star Trek wise in a while. Okay. It's just really good. Um, you know, obviously I'm watching The Last of Us. Um, you know, I've finished up Hunters. Um, speaking of, of Idris Elba, they're dropping another. They're dropping a Luther movie next I heard. month. I just watched the trailer of that, so I am definitely looking forward to that. Apparently, that's getting released next week in theaters in the UK, and then next month on Netflix. I'll take it. 
and it looks it looks brutal. Like it looks like John Luther is is spiraling like even farther down the drain, you know, which, you know, if, if I don't know, you know, for anybody who's never watched this show, this is a show about a detective in London um, who deals with like kind of like with murders, psychological crimes and things like that. And it's really about this character's kind of downward spiral. And this this seems to be continuing the pattern. British TV is so weird. That's you know, the only thing I've watched from British TV is Luther. Luther. I mean, I've watched a couple of shows like Luther and, and Sherlock and a couple of things. It's like, it's like, oh, we'll do a couple of seasons of like six episodes and then we'll take three years off and then we'll do another season of two episodes and then we'll take another two years off and then we'll do another season <laughs> of four episodes and then we'll take another four years off and then we'll do a movie. I'll take it. Yeah, I guess. And then if we could just get Idris Elba as James Bond, we'd be all set. We would be, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen either. One, I think he's too... I mean, forget the black thing. He's too old, I think. I mean, how old was Daniel Craig, though? Yeah, but Daniel Craig started, what, 20 years ago? Damn, was it 20 years? Well, no, it was probably like 12, something like that. Let's see. Um, Casino Royale was 2006. I mean, hey, look what they did for uh, Michael Douglas in uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, it's 2006. Daniel Craig is 54 right now. I think they're just in his 50s. And Ildris Elba is 50 right now. Give him some of that Marvel DH and they'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends what they're going to do with James Bond. Are they going to reboot it again? Are they going to, you know, who knows what they're going to do with it? I mean, I, you know, you know me. I think Elbow would make a fantastic Bond. I just don't think that's the way they're going to go with it. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. We will be back. Uh, now nah, this would the phase three. This would be phase three. That wouldn't happen because we could still do phase four. Guys, I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. We got a lot to talk about. Um, what else is coming up? You've got Shazam. We've got there's something else in March. Aren't there like two pretty big movies in March? Uh, oh, Creed. That's what we got. The directorial oh, debut three. of Michael B. Jordan. Oh, that's right. I'm done. Uh, John Wick, right? Oh, yeah. I think that's April, right? I thought that was March. Was it? It's four, right? It is four. It is March 24th. That's not a bad run. Creed, Shazam, John Wick 4. Not bad learn at all. All right. Uh, uh so we got the coming out February. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I'm looking here at um one of these newspapers is running odds on who's going to be the next James Bond. The line is 
Idris Elba's way down the list. What do you got at the top? Um, who's at the top? So the top is, I'll give it to you, number, number three is James Norton. Uh, maybe, um, he's, I don't know, he's kind of an unknown. Number two uh, is Cavill. I've heard that rumor. I'll take it. I'll take it. And so far, the front runner these guys say is Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I'd rather see Cavill. I tend not to get, you taught me this too, not to get too much caught up in casting because who knows what it's going to look like when the thing comes out. Exactly. And who knows who's going to, you know, I mean, it's, they haven't even started really thinking about it. Who knows if any of these guys want it, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I've seen Cavill talk about it a little bit. I've seen Aaron Taylor Johnson talk about it a little bit. I've seen Tom Hardy talk about it a little bit. You know, obviously it's a big payday, but it's also, you know, locking into something. So, who knows? I do want Cavill to be Cyclops, though. (laughs) Cyclops? Yep. Like Scott Summers Cyclops? Yep. He could be the the buff Jim Lee uh, variant. (laughs) I guess. The very buff. Yep. The one that beats up Logan for hitting on his wife. (laughs) That That would have been a very different... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rand. I'm Mike. Peace. Later.